Hello guys, you are listening to Walking Russian. My name is Nikolai Sirov. I'm Ukrainian Catholic living in Moscow, Russia, and this is a podcast about the Catholic Church in Russia. I normally record it in the mornings on my way to the office. Thanks for joining me today, and I hope you'll enjoy this one. Good morning, guys. It's 9 a.m. I'm heading to my office right now, just as usual, everything's great, it's uh, it's snowing in Moscow, the weather is deadly cold. Uh, so yeah, anyway, today I want to deliver you my short take on why Russian government is so eager to push Russian Orthodox Church agenda, and vice versa. Uh, a few days ago, I saw this picture in the news. Some guys discovered a huge message carved into a field in Moscow, and that uh, message uh, said, Lord, help Russia. And it's so huge that it's actually visible from space. And the truth is that this picture depicts Russia just so well. Uh, so, uh, for those of, y- of you who don't know this yet, Russian Orthodox Church is the main church and, like, the main religion in Russia. And even though Russia is a secular country on paper, it often looks like the government would consciously get into all sorts of deals with uh, the Russian Orthodox Church and vice versa. And at times it proves to be quite confusing and hard to get your head around this one. So we have this um, this weird thing uh, going on for quite some time when local uh, authorities across Russia actually would give uh, away property to the church just for free, like a resumption of some kind, uh, like resumption of a state of some kind, to be clear. And there's nothing wrong with it, because just so many pieces of property were taken away from the church during the Soviet times. So it only feels fair, right? I mean, I can understand this, but there's this but. The Russian Orthodox Church keeps getting new land and keeps building new churches all the time. According to multiple sources, actually, three new Churches appear on the map of Russia every day. And here we have two strange things that I mm, want to emphasize on. First, there's simply no demand for that amount of churches. The number of those who practice uh, practice Orthodox Christianity is constantly reducing. So you don't have to do a lot of math to figure out that you don't really need new churches. Because, honestly, there are no parishes to serve to out there. The existing churches are empty across Russia. I spent some time visiting many Orthodox churches the last couple of weeks, and there have always been like 5 to 10 people in each of them during the Mass or the service, if you will. And I live in Moscow. Why do you need more? If you have a, like, a huge problem when it comes to filling the existing ones uh, with people. And there's also another side to this matter, the money issue. Obviously, you need funds to build a church, and uh, 
if you want to build many churches, you need like a lot of money. Where do you get that amount of money from? According to different reliable sources, you can Google it. In a span of four years from 2013 to 2016, the Russian, uh, Russian Orthodox Church received 17 billion rubles uh, from the government. It's like 300 million US dollars. And there's this convenient thing when uh, the Russian Orthodox Church does not have to provide any expense report. So you never know how they spend uh, the money they get from the government. And this is strange, but, you know, in the end of the day, it's neither craving for property nor the obsession with construction that amuses me. What amuses me is uh, the Russian Orthodox Church is backing up the government. But uh, not only that, uh, let me explain my point here. It is backing up this strange thing that they tend to call a tradition. A tradition. That's why we hear just too many confusing and frustrating statements from the church's uh, officials and activists. Um, statements, uh, statements that are supposed to equip a person with a certain belief system that goes way beyond spiritual aspect of uh, one's life. For example, the West is an enemy, they say. Liberals are enemies, they say. Human rights is a dangerous thing, they say. LGBT community is a bunch of very bad people, they say. You should study orthodox religion at school, they say. You should worship the glorious past, they say. And it all falls into one specific pattern. And let me expand here a little bit. Symbolically, on January 6th, uh, 2K17, Первый канал, the main state television, transmitted two celebrations of Russian Orthodox Christmas, the Patriarch at the cathedral, uh, the main cathedral of Christ, the Savior in Moscow, and the President at the renowned Yudiv uh, Monastery in Novgorod. And again, there is nothing wrong with it. If you totally dismiss the bigger picture, and the bigger picture is the current ideology in Russia is mainly based on backing the country's finest history, meaning heroic history, glorious past, and not just backing up, but bringing it, uh, bringing it up front. It's all about the roots and the nation's pride. In other words, it's all about the past. It feels like this ideology's main goal is to substitute, in a way, the ambitions and the, the uh, free will to develop and spur the progress to head into at least some kind of future. With this idea of Russia as a fossilized precious treasure, a collage of um, heroic moments from the past, and this is being delivered to you as a well that you could and should actually go to in order to recharge and feel proud again of who you are and what you do. Uh, whenever you feel bad because of some earthly stuff, like low wages, taxes and sanctions and whatnot, you are constantly being reminded to feel proud. But, there's this but again. 
You shouldn't feel proud of what you can do. It's never about potential. You should feel proud because of the land you were born in, because of the bones that are buried in it, because of the past. And to be honest, the trick here is that the current government has a very concrete vision of the past. I mean, a version of the past, I should say. It's not like the past past. It's a very specific past. And the best image for Russia today, uh, and I do not mean the TV network here, would be a monument. Like, I mean it. It cannot move and should not. Why should it move, really? It is strong, it is sharp and heavy as hell. It brings up memories. It fills you with awe when you see it. it that's what it is. A huge, gigantic monument. Like one of those huge, gigantic monuments from the Soviet times. And there's just no better symbolical example to demonstrate this. But this recent news about the head of the Russian Orthodox Church, Petra Kirill, who will be memorialized in a four-meter statue in the, cent in the very center of Moscow, along with uh, 15 other church figures. And I want, uh, want to remind you that he is still alive. It's just so beautiful in terms of how precisely it depicts the reality of the current Russian ideology and lifestyle. And I think uh, the truth is uh, the Russian Orthodox Church comes in handy. Simple as that. When you are to implement this strategy, uh, I believe it's strategy, we can call it a strategy. A strat so, uh, this strategy of turning the whole country in a monument, you need some forces to rely upon. And the Russian Orthodox Church is, uh, it simply fits in. It is a perfect choice, perfect tool to help the government to push this ideology of pride that's based on worshipping the past, on worshipping the traditions. It is there. It deals with spiritual things. I mean, supposedly, when you look at, uh, when you look at it from the government's point of view. And it has some deep connections with history and tradition. Basically, it is tradition. And it does not have to care about finance. So I think that this is the main reason behind this whole relationship going on between uh, the Russian government and the Russian Orthodox Church. They both support each other in just so many ways in order to keep this tradition safe and sacred. And you need to do a lot of things to succeed at that, right? You must look like uh, the tradition sets you to look. You must squeeze everything, like everything else out. You must bring the past as close to nowadays as possible. Almost to the point when the future is not allowed to be not even taken seriously, but even unveiled. And there's just now, just this day, this moment, and there's this whole massive thing that is our past that supports us in nothing else. It's the only thing that we can count on. That and its almighty and wise guardians that are the church and the government. And when the government chooses to apply this approach to political and social stuff, it only makes perfect sense that the Russian Orthodox Church comes to light. So if you miss out this point, 
you might get lost in all these weird mess that's been going on for almost a decade now. But if you catch on and embrace this idea, the whole picture starts to look right. I mean, not right, but you finally get to understand why this is actually happening with, uh, to the Russian Orthodox Church. And if you, need no, if you need more proof, you need to look no further. Russia's president, Vladimir Putin, literally claimed that communism is very similar to Christianity. Quote, Communist ideology is very similar to Christianity, in fact. Freedom, quality, brotherhood and justice. All of that is laid out in scripture. Putin said in a clip from the uh, documentary film that was aired on Russian TV on January 14th. And another quote. Lenin was placed inside a mausoleum. How is that different from holy relics? Putin asked while guessing that someone might not like the comparison. And don't get me wrong here. Being a Catholic, I'm totally pro-tradition. I believe that tradition is a built-in piece of hardware that you have in your mind framework. So uh, it can guide you and support your ability to, to discern, which is a very important ability. But it is not supposed to stop one from looking forward, to entering the future, from dreaming, from opening one's mind to different and sometimes controversial stuff. This hardware is inclusive. And it has no censorship mode rolling. It helps you to discern, that's it. And when you cut yourself of the future, when you cut yourself of the massive block of things that you are not allowed to be proud of, you actually lose even this ability to discern. Because everything has already been done for you by some other guy sitting there up high in the hierarchy that you can barely get your head around, so even tradition falls apart in that case, and stops making sense. Tradition has nothing to do with worshipping the past at the expense of getting rid of the future in its reality. That's kind of obvious, at least to me. Oh, it was, it was a long episode. <laughs> the longest I've had so far. I hope you enjoyed it. Take care.